0: Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. As a former stressed out financial services executive of a Fortune 500 firm, Teresa now guides stressed out people pleasers to trust themselves Mm -hmm. by discovering innate wisdom creating incredible breakthroughs in their personal and professional lives. Breaking down the complexities of neuroscience and brain health into practical tools to evaluate performance while integrating mind and body practices. Her clients learn to create balanced and healthy relationships which promote effective communication and bridges to connection. Teresa is an author and speaker in addition to being a highly sought after coach for forward thinking individuals and organizations as well as the founder of Becoming Aware. She is a certified professional coach and has a master's degree in consciousness and transformative psychology with an additional certificate in neuroscience. All right, dreamers, we are back with Teresa Lodato and we're going to be talking a little bit about spiritual dreams today and the types of different spiritual experiences that people often have in the dream space. So Teresa, welcome back.
1: Thank you again.
0: And um, tell me a little bit about your spiritual background.
1: So, I was raised Catholic, um, although I was fortunate enough to go to a Catholic high school that really exposed me to all sorts of world religions. In fact, um, you know, there was not only my world religion class, but they really allowed us to go into some different religions and, and different forms of spirituality. And I feel as though that opened me in a way on one hand it strengthened my relationship with god uh, through my catholic perspective but then it also provided me a lot more information as far as forming that spiritual connection you know we talked about in the episode one uh you know what science is really learning about the importance of having a deep spiritual connection to self and although i'm no longer a practicing catholic it really provided me a foundation for creating that relationship and developing that deep spiritual connection to self.
0: Certainly. And um, you had mentioned that there is within Catholicism some really interesting historical spiritual dreams. Could you tell me a little bit about your namesake?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, the conversation we had was about St. Teresa de Avila. And, you know, there's, not only am I, am I named after her, but it's interesting because when I started to study her at, um, gosh, I can't remember, I studied her later in life, uh, probably around the time I started grad school, I learned that there were a lot of similarities between St. Teresa and myself. Um, one of the biggest ones being that she experienced episodes of paralysis and intense pain, um, which is akin to the hemiplegic migraines that I experience where I get stroke-like symptoms down half my body. And she was definitely, um, she is definitely considered one of the the great mystics um, as far as Catholicism goes. You know, she had that deep spiritual personal relationship with God. And was deeply connected to her spirituality and although she experienced visions waking visions, um, you know, I think at the time when she was alive. They didn't, it, it wasn't necessarily safe for her to be so open about what her experiences were. There wasn't a lot of acceptance. Whereas nowadays, I think there's a lot more acceptance and a lot more awareness. Um, You know, we can talk a little bit more openly about intuition and, and, you know, dreams and how we can get information from dreams. So, you know, but even in the Bible, I mean, there's so many stories in the Bible about people that are dreaming. You know, I think about um, Pontius Pilate, and um his wife who had the dream and she went to Pontius Pilate supposedly the next morning and said you know don't crucify Jesus you know please don't do this i had a dream and and this and that and the other you know and then of course loads of of dream instances in the old testament as well but i think that you know i personally believe the bible isn't something literal to be you know uh taken in you know I see it as a a, a great guidebook on not only um, how stories convey information but it's also you know I see it as really an important vehicle to teach you how your mind works you know how the power of your thoughts you know there was a there's an aspect in the Bible where it talks about uh If you have sinned in your thoughts, then you have sinned in reality. And I think about the power of our brain to create neural pathways, even if we're thinking about something, you know, you, you hear about these Olympic athletes or, or uh, top um, athletes that walk through, you know, running running a, a track event you know over hurdles and they're actually seeing in their mind and feeling the sensation you know what their foot feels like on that starting block how their muscles explode that feeling you know perhaps as they step on the track you know if it's a rubber track that rebounding effect they're experiencing that and that creates neural, strong neural pathways so that you know the more they visualize that with all of their senses they're able to go out and actually replicate it a lot more readily when they actually do it. You know, that reminds me of the Bible, you know, okay, if we're doing it in our thoughts, if we're sinning in our thoughts, then we're already creating this. You know, there's also a part in the Bible where they talk about the power of words. You know, I am, I am is such a powerful, uh, two words. You know, when we say I am stupid or I am wise, it's really creating neural pathways, you know, scientifically, but more importantly on the spiritual level, it's really starting to form our thoughts and and form our perspectives that we have on ourselves. So once again, bringing it back to the Bible, I think that it's an excellent guidebook to help people along their journey of becoming aware But using the information, not literally, but just as stories, you know, how are people learning? What what is going on in their lives? What are the learnings that I can take away and apply to my life today?
0: Yes. And you talking about building new neural pathways reminded me of the saying that I love, which is the neurons that fire together, wire together. Yeah. (laughs) That is how I love to explain what's going on in the brain. Um, like with the sports hypnosis that you mentioned, or visualization, however you want to look at it, it's kind of the same thing, because you're going into a slower state and opening up your consciousness to where you can actually see it um, from either inside or outside of your body and including all of those five senses. And that is exactly how sports hypnosis works, is visualizing success and what your body is capable of and I think there it was forever ago there was the studies done about basketball free throws and that the people who mentally practiced um, versus the people who only physically practiced actually did better so the people who did both so you've got to actually do it in your mind as well as in your physical body in order to attain that higher level of expertise
1: yeah and develop that muscle memory. Yeah, because there's so many different ways that we can create memories, like we talked about in the last episode. You know, there's, you know, there's, uh, people can do it by thought, you know, just by taking in the information, but then for some of us, it's being able to tie it to an emotion that helps us to really remember things. So I think that any time that we can engage more ways, I think that, you know, uh, you think about learning homework, if you write something down while you're and, and you speak it aloud as you're doing it or if you hear it as you're writing it down you're going to have a greater capacity for remembering it you know there's a lot more retention versus if you just watch it or or if you just write it um you know so i think that there is that connection between muscle memory as well as uh you know hearing it or seeing it which is why so much of our schooling is writing things down and it doesn't necessarily have the same impact when you type it on the computer, which is another thing for for dreaming that I didn't mention in the last episode, you know, but sometimes people will just record the information, but they won't take the time to actually write it down. And it is so important to actually write the information down because it accesses or utilizes a different part of the brain. Um, And so once again, the more neurons we can use, the more connections we can make in our brain, the more apt we are not only to remember it, but also to be able to use that information. In kind of the greater, you know, meta perspective, you know, being able to have something that has a lot of connections will also allow us to access the subconscious mind and really bring opportunities for uh, new revelations. And I think that that's really the power of dreaming as well as intuition is being able to have those awakening moments, those revelations, and then be able to apply it to our lives.
0: Um, going back to St. Teresa for just a moment, do you have any, um, any idea like approximately when she lived and where she lived just to get a perspective on that society? Oh, gosh. Um,
1: I don't, off the top of my head, um, I'd just be picking a number, uh, but I, yeah, it's probably something best Googled okay. <laughs> for the listeners, yeah.
0: Certainly. <laughs> I'm going to Google that for myself because I, want to, I would like to know more. Um, so you have had some pretty life-changing dreams, and um, I'm hoping that we can talk about a few of them today. You had a dream about meeting God, and um, if it's it's okay with you, I'd like to read it for the listeners, and then maybe we can discuss it a little bit as far as the interpretation side of things. Sure. Okay, so the dream goes, I am moving along a tree-lined road at the speed of a car, but there are no obstructions around me. I look back at the leaves swirling up behind me in two inward circular flows. It is fall and the leaves are red and gold along the road and still green in the trees. I come up to an old stone building and immediately recognize it as the cathedral at Notre Dame University. I had been once when I was a child with my father. There isn't a soul around, but I feel calm and at peace. I then feel a strong presence beside me on my right. I turn to look, but no one is there. But the presence is so strong, peaceful, and loving, I immediately recognize it as God. I feel at home, safe, and loved. I ask God how my father is doing, and in my mind, I hear he is well. I ask a couple more typical questions you think you would ask God should you ever meet him. Will I find someone to love? Will I live a long fulfilling life? Of which I do not recall the answers, but I know I was satisfied they were answered. I then walk with God and he talks to me. I feel as if in a dream where the words enter my mind and then quickly disappear like wisps of smoke above a fire on a cool night. I awake remembering my father was well but not recalling anything else except that God told me I was going to be known for being spiritual. I began to cry thinking that would mean I was to become a nun. At the time I was a devout Catholic and that was the most committed spiritual life I could imagine. Turns out I am very spiritual, but no longer a practicing Catholic. I really love that dream. And the, just from beginning to end, the, feelings, the the emotions that go along with the sensation of meeting God and the beautiful imagery, the swirling leaves and knowing exactly when and where you were and um, how that meeting went. So if we were talking about the way that I break down this dream, it would be of a a spiritual subtype, but I would probably also put it under joyous um, because a lot of times, you know, if we have a nightmare, that's like, you know, the scary emotions, but it kind of goes on the the higher frequency, the higher vibration um, end of the spectrum. So uh, I don't know if that resonates with you, but just based on the words that you wrote there, I would probably subcategorize it as as um, being a spiritual slash joyous dream.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure.
0: And do you have any kind of perspective on what information you may have been processing spiritually at that time?
1: Yeah, so at that time, um, I had been in the Navy out of high school, and I was back home. So I was uh, honorably discharged, but medically discharged from the Navy because I have migraines. So I've had migraines my whole life. In fact, they actually, you know, talking with my neurologist um, who specializes in the hemiplegic migraines, we were talking about uh, when migraines really started and I can trace them all the way back to when my father died. Um, when I was eight, almost nine years old. And so we can trace migraines back to, um, to that age because as a child, children experienced migraines in a much different way than I, I did as an adult. Uh, so at that time I had been discharged from the Navy um, due to migraines. I was at home. And I think at that point in my life, I was wondering, okay, now what do I do? You know, do I go to college? Do I, you know, what do I do? I really wanted to get away. I mean, one of the main reasons that I went into the Navy was to not only travel, but also the opportunity to kind of get away from the, um, the relationship I had with, with my mother. Um, you know, when my father died, you know, I was, I was not only abandoned by him because I mean, I was a daddy's girl if there ever was one, Uh, but my mother's role shifted as it would being the mother of two young girls. And I really became abandoned by her as well, you know, because she no longer was my mother. She became, you know, she took on the role of, you know, the protector and the provider. And in that, because she was experiencing so much stress, there was a lot of things that were triggered within her that you know created behavior that just didn't jive with me. So at that time, I was considering, okay, I'm back home. Now what do I do? I can't stay here. And my mother is, um, or was uh, devoutly Catholic. I mean, everything was was viewed through the very rigid beliefs of Catholicism. And uh, for me at that time, you know, I think it was a dream that came about to, number one, let me know that everything was going to be okay. Uh, But I think that it also provided me with a a sense of direction and, and kind of that opportunity as a reminder of the gifts that I have. Um, prior to going into the Navy, I was having waking visions of, of things that were happening and um, some of the precognitive, precognitive visions that I would have. Like I remember one time being in a parking lot with my boyfriend and a couple of his buddies and within probably about, uh, well, actually it was the the amount of time it would take for me to explain to him what happened. I had looked, you know, kind of out of the group to a motorcycle coming into the parking lot. And it was coming off the street, turning into the parking lot. And as it turned in, the motorcycle kind of slipped out from underneath the rider and you know, basically crashed. And so I saw that vision. I turned to my boyfriend and I said, Mike, oh my gosh, did you see that? And I kind of like bumped his shoulder. And as he turned to look, I said that motorcyclist just crashed. And as we both turned to look, we saw the motorcycle coming off the street, turning into the parking lot, and then the motorcycle going out from under him, everything I had seen Mm -hmm. and crashing. You know, the guy ended up turning out okay, but my boyfriend immediately turned to me and said, whoa, that was weird. How did you do that? And of course, Mm -hmm. his buddies were there and they heard it as well. And it freaked me out. And so at that point, I had consciously made a choice of, oh my gosh, this is happening a lot what's going on with me I don't understand you know here I am 18 years old and I feel like I shut down some of those gifts and so this dream that I had coming out of the navy when I was in the navy in fact I had a couple really powerful waking dreams um you know one of which I had uh connected with another person that um, I was on watch with one evening and we had a a conversation telepathically and the way we knew we had we both were aware that something had just happened and before we said anything to one another i said write down what i just said and what you just said and so we both wrote that down and that's in our comparing is when we realized oh my gosh we really did have that conversation telepathically and uh, you know so i had had some instances while I was in the Navy, once again, scared the bejesus out of me because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going crazy? What's going on? This is really happening. I have proof outside of myself. So I feel like that dream for me was also a reminder that it was safe, that it was okay that I was experiencing these things. And even though I don't remember the conversations from the dream itself, I definitely awoke with a very clear feeling impression that this access to your spiritual self is not only okay but it was something that I was going to be like it was going to be my life like I was going to be a presence that would be able to help others and once again you know at that time my my viewpoint was Catholicism know that was the the structure um the the vessel in which i held all of my beliefs so for me i thought about my great aunt who was a carmelite nun you know who was mother superior who was behind you know closed doors nobody could see her from the public and i thought oh my god that's what it means to be spiritual oh my god i'm (laughs) gonna have to god wants me to become a nun i remember telling my mother that when she came in and she, you know, she's like, what, what about your dream? Like, God wants me to be a nun. And I remember her saying, oh, honey, <laughs> God does not want you to be a nun. You'd never make it. And I was like, I know, but, and the thing, I don't know if I wrote it down um, when I gave that to you is that I went into the bathroom that morning and as I was brushing my teeth, I noticed something on my eye tooth that had never been there before. And it was actually a cross. So I had a cross in my tooth that I had never seen before, that had never been there before. And I noticed it after that dream. And that was kind of like a really clear indicator to me of this is a really powerful dream, remember it.
0: Yes, indeed. Do you still have the cross in your eye too?
1: I don't. I actually, um, <laughs> I was an equestrian for many years, and I was swimming on a horse. And as we were coming out of the water, um, my horse brought his neck back and it hit me in that side of the mouth. And mm-hmm. so I had to have that that tooth replaced. But um, yeah, it was funny. I, I wanted the dentist to save it for me. So I'd always kind of have that proof, but he had to file it down. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, that's good that you remembered the dream then. Mm -hmm. and uh, that explains a lot about the dream about your your father about being on the horse which we can talk about next if you would like yeah um yeah it's funny i i actually ride as well and i i'm always frustrated that i don't have riding dreams (laughs) 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 so i loved it when i read this one i was like oh she's like really there and feeling it um okay so the dream about um your dad on the night of his death, it says, I am riding a bay horse galloping full speed along a dirt road in the early morning. A fog bank is ahead and I quickly enter and pass through a wall of fog only to see a man standing aside the road ahead of me on my left waving to me. He is wearing a long trench coat, dress fedora and holding a leather overnight bag. I immediately recognize him as my father, as this is how he always looked when leaving for a work trip. He waves as I speed past him. I slow my horse to turn around, but the fog has crossed the road behind me, and my father is gone. I awake. So, again, another very powerful spiritual dream, but what, what happened when you woke up?
1: Yeah, so at the time my father uh, was in the ICU uh, in a coma. He had cancer of the pancreas. And um, I hadn't been able to see my father uh, since Christmas. So he died February 12th. And uh, when I had gone in at Christmas time, he had just had surgery. And it was, I think, like the day after um, I saw him, is actually when he went into a coma. And I had made him a, a Valentine's Day card. And um, I was really very excited to be able to go give it to him. And I, at the time, I was um, eight years old. And so, of course, I didn't have a, a lot of grasp as to the significance and what was really going on. The night that I had that dream, um, like I said, I was a daddy's girl. We had a very strong connection. Um, I woke up. And I felt very peaceful after that dream. And I remember going into the bathroom and my mother was in there and she looked at me and I just, I I could tell that she wanted to tell me something. And I immediately just said, I know daddy passed away last night and it's okay. You know, he's gonna be fine. And my mother just broke down in tears. She absolutely just, you know, collapsed. And for me, you know, even remembering, I just, I've often thought, was it because of my age and because I didn't grasp the full extent at that time of what it meant for daddy to die? Or was the dream so impactful that I really did have that deep sense of, of it's going to be okay. Like he's okay. He's still living, you know, he waved to me you know, I mean, he's okay. So in part, the dream had the premonition aspect, you know, the visitation aspect. Um, But it also provided me a great sense of security and safety that he was okay, that it wasn't like, you know, dying is something where you just enter this void and you're gone forever, you know, that, that he carried on. So it was an incredibly impactful dream
0: yeah it's absolutely beautiful and it could be a little bit of both you know Mm -hmm. being a child and experiencing the visitation i i know a lot of times when people themselves are dying they begin to see their loved ones who have passed on through the veil as it were and so it would kind of make sense that those of us who are still here and especially being in that dream state might have access to some of that as well yeah absolutely that's that's a really beautiful one. And um, I love that you have all, you know, again, a lot of those kinesthetic sensations going on in your dream. Very, very connected physically to what's happening in your dreams. Yeah.
1: And the crazy thing, I don't know if we'll have time to go into it, but several years had gone by and I became very close with my next door neighbor. In fact, he was like a second father to me, um, Uncle Jim. I and, called him Uncle Jim, even though he wasn't a blood relative. And he also developed cancer of the pancreas. And on the night of February 11th, I also had a dream about him. And, um, you know, it was a a different kind of dream. But when I woke up, it was February 12th, and I received word, you know, I immediately called his wife, and she told me that he had passed away in the night. So, you know, there's, there's definitely something even deeper for me that, you know, it's been many, many years since he even passed away, and I still haven't really made the the connection. But there's, there's a very strong significance for me that both of these men that were father and father figure died of cancer of the pancreas on the same day, February twelfth. years apart, they never knew one another. And they both came and visited me in my dreams the night that they passed away. So there's also that layer of significance that I have no answer to. However, it just makes me curious about the bigger, the bigger uh, ways that we can access what is going on on the other side of the veil. You know, this there are layers of subconscious as well as, um, you know, what's happening to our, our souls at a soul level? You know, what happens after we pass away? There's, there's lots more questions I have, but it's, it's just really interesting.
0: Yes, I think we have um, a lot of the same overlapping Venn diagram questions about these really intense and beautiful spiritual experiences, but also wanting to know what the heck is going on physiologically and scientifically and how, you know, those actually might overlap more than we realize because we're still, as you were talking about earlier, learning so much about what's going on. And, you know, every day we get more answers about how all of that works. And, you know, it's just such a, a source of curiosity and um, magic in life even when you do find the answers, which I think is is equally as amazing. Yeah,
1: and what I really take away from it is the importance of being able to hold multiple perspectives as true at the same time. And I think that that is such a great point of learning in today's world that it doesn't have to be an either or perspective, that just because two people have two different perspectives, it doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. They can both equally be true and still be looking at a situation from different vantage points. And I think, like you said, you know, there's the scientific perspective, there's the psychological perspective, there is the energetic or intuitive perspective, there is the soul perspective all of the different perspectives if we can take that step back as that neutral observer recognizing that in each of these perspective perspectives there is truth how much more that can inform ourselves in our waking life how much more that can inform our decisions it can inform every aspect of our life when we hold each of these as being valuable and true and I think, That, if anything, that is the one lesson that I took away from these dreams is the importance of of that. And so, you know, definitely that's something that is integrated in my work as well, is being able to hold that two different ideas, two different perspectives can equally be true. And they can also be contradictory, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong.
0: Yes, agreed. Um, do you, do you have a meditation practice? I know you said earlier that you don't really think it matters what type of meditation and that it's not so much about what type of meditation you're doing, but that it's just simply tapping into the ability to have different perspectives in consciousness. Um, so do you have a, a favorite way that you like to tap into that? Do you have a daily practice?
1: Yeah, so, you know, like I said, for me, because of, of how, much, how much I've practiced different things throughout my life, um, for me, it can be as simple as uh, swimming in a lake or um, sitting by water or even taking a shower, you know, I'm able to drop into those different brain states um, going for a hike. Whenever I'm walking, uh, especially in nature, like in hike when there are other, other people who aren't around. It drops me into a brain state that just gives me immediate access, um, but I, I have had pra- practices in the path practices in the past, excuse me, where you know it's more of a conscious meditation where you know not only am i um, monitoring my breathing but i'm also visualizing you know dropping a grounding cord into the earth and really sinking it and kind of anchoring it to the center of the earth and then being able to shift the energy you know through my chakra system Um, you know watching as my chakras kind of open and close and adjusting the percentages of energy that is flowing through um, you know it's it 's something that I learned in my intuitive work, and I really feel as though it provides me a structure uh, for for being able to drop in and access it you know through that process you know I also go through um, you know imagining different colors and and really like I visualize them as a rose you know so I, I go through all the colors of a rainbow um, almost as if it 's on a big screen like a movie theater. And, you know, and I imagine a red rose, and I'll really take in all the information, 3D, that red rose, you know, so I'm smelling it, what does this rose smell like, or does it have no smell? Um, You know, the the different petals, feeling the petals, you know, the velvet on one side and, and the firmness of the petals, and then I'll change the color of the rose, I'll change it to, you know, red, and then there's orange, and so then I'll make it orange and do it, and so I'll go through all the different um, colors for me, it's, it's almost like a pilot getting into a plane and they're doing their systems check. You know, they're they're checking the gauges, they're, you know, um, uh, moving the lever on, on certain um, aspects of their panel. That practice for my intuitive meditation practice that holds so much structure is almost like me going through the systems check. Um, but it's, once again, You know, I can do it by just breathing, dropping in and and breathing a certain way, or, you know, tuning into touch, you know, focusing all of my, uh, all of my attention on what it feels like to rub my thumb and forefinger together and recognizing, you know, placing my full awareness on the ridges on my fingertip. And, and how they feel, and how it feels to, to move along those ridges in the pattern, in that circular pattern, but then also recognizing what it feels like when I go across them horizontally and and feel the different ridges. That allows me access. So any way that you can get present and and shift out of that more focus task positive network in your brain and really shift into that more spacious default mode network is what helps you to tap into the subconscious. And, you know, the reason I say that it really doesn't matter which way you choose, um, I'm sure that it it would matter to a certain, it does matter to a certain extent. It has to be something that allows you to Shift your brain, um, your brainwave state. However, there are people that that need a, a a movement meditation. Like in order for them to tap in, it is vital that they're actually moving for them to be able to do it. You know, there are some people that just can't sit in full meditation and drop in in that way because you know for for whatever reason. And so that's where I point my clients: find what's right for you. That, you know, there are many different portals to being able to access this information. Um, You know, praying the rosary, if you're Catholic, going around because you know the prayers so well, they just roll off your tongue. You're unconsciously competent in saying the rosary, reciting the rosary. You can drop into a, a state to where you have access to that direct communication with your soul, with God, however you want to call it. Um, You know, in um, uh, the Hindu religion, I think it is, you know, they have the 109 beads, you know, that's similar to a rosary where you go and you chant a mantra along each one of the beads that can be, you know, incredibly powerful for you to to drop in. So no matter what it is, whether it's through prayer Um, or whether it's through breathing, or whether it's through, you know, a moving meditation, or just by doing it like we talked earlier, driving along a road, you know, or doing housework, those are opportunities for us to drop in. But I think the key thing that is my takeaway when I think of the kind of the triangle in which I stand between neuroscience, psychology, and intuitive work, or that energy, I feel like the most important or the most impactful thing that anyone can do is by becoming aware in the moment throughout their day. And so, you know, that's something, it's one of the things that we do when we're trying to elicit lucid dreams is really being aware. Like you know, um, I used to wear a certain kind of watch. Now I don't really wear watches at all. But if I want to trigger a lucid dream, all I have to do is, in my dream, look down at my wrist. And if I am not, if I'm not accustomed to wearing a watch like I am these days, if I see a watch on my wrist, or if I see anything else on my wrist, that will automatically trigger me that I'm having that I'm that I'm dreaming. And then I can move forward with my my lucid dream It used to be when I wore a watch, I would look and if um, different information would come up, you know, if there were a face on my watch versus an actual clock face, um, how I would trigger this is by throughout the day, I would look at my watch in waking life. And so that I would get familiar with what that looks like, because that's kind of that muscle memory practice so that you'd end up doing it in your dream and then it would awaken you. Any way that you can bring awareness throughout your day is going to richen, deepen that access to your subconscious. So just every time you get up and go to the bathroom, you take a few deep breaths, you check in with your body. How's my body feeling? Oh, am I I stressed in my shoulders? Are they up around my ears? Okay, let me... Take a breath and stretch my neck, drop my shoulders down. Um, you know, having awareness when you're around certain people, do they make you feel lighter, more joyful? Or do they make you feel like you want to protect yourself? Are you getting tenser? Or Is your heart starting to race? Having that awareness throughout each day really helps to inform you, not only in your dream life, but also in your um, intuitive uh intuitive gifts, you know, your intuitive waking life, because it's all about that awareness and noticing when something shifts, noticing, you know, for my, my couples that I coach in their relationships, increasing the awareness allows you to be aware when you are starting to get angry, because when you start to get angry, you know, if you're having a disagreement or if your spouse says something that triggers you, if you can catch yourself at that moment of when you start experiencing those emotions, you can, number one, have that observer perspective and recognize, okay, number one, why am I being triggered? Number two, what am I experiencing in my body? Because that presence helps to calm you down because if you're running from a tiger, you're not going to be concerned about what's going on in your body. You're just going to be concerned about getting away. So bringing your attention inward, gosh, I'm feeling my, my heart starting to race, my throat starting to tighten my, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to hear just my, my blood, you know, pulsing in my, in my ears. Helps to calm you down because when you are triggered, you, you don't have the capacity to really be open and to really uh, be curious, you know, because once again, you're trying to get the heck out of Dodge. So being able to have that awareness, I think, can can help you in a different way in your in your daily life, you can start to self reflect when you have that neutral observer perspective, you can reflect, okay, why am I being triggered? You know, there, there are often times where my husband will do something and I'll be triggered and I have to stop myself and go, okay, is that really because he's doing it? Does it, really, it? does it really matter that the dishes are left out on the counter right now? Does it really matter? Is that really important? No, it's not really important. Okay, what is it triggering about me? Well, it's triggering me that I asked him to do it and he hasn't done it yet. And so I'm feeling like I'm not being respected. I'm feeling like I'm not being heard. Okay, that's what the issue is. The issue isn't the dishes. The issue is I'm not feeling heard. Okay, well now I can go to him and say, okay, I'm not feeling heard, because that's the the core issue. And then we can talk about it. Talk about ways that you know he can make you know that he can make me feel heard. And then we can go on. We can go on about our lives without getting into a you know uh, intense argument that awareness through you know having that integrated awareness can help serve you so that you can move through life more effortlessly and so i think that's the key that you know for me working with dreams you know working with awareness that's where it all really drives um, what i do is being able to connect more deeply with people being able to connect more deeply with myself um, having that increased awareness allowing me to lead a more effortless life, you know, that feels purposeful, that feels uh, fulfilling. Um, that's, that's what I, I mean, our our souls, if our brains want to protect us, our souls want to experience whether it's positive or negative. So allow your soul to have those experiences and, and learn from them. That's
0: beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I really appreciate you giving me so much of your time. And um, there is so, there's so many actionable insights that you provided today. And I really hope that everybody listening um, finds benefit from that. So could you give us, um, let us know where people can find you um, and any questions that you have, any Requests that you have of the audience, feel free to share those as well.
1: Yeah. So the best way to reach me is on my website. Um, that's where I update all the information. My contact me page has a, a new app that I'm um, that I'm a part of. It's the Owl app. O W W L L. And uh, we're in the beta stages right now, but it is getting ready to be released to the Apple Store at the end of the month. But you can go to my my contact me page and you know if you if you're there when we're still in beta it shows the information on how you can download it Um, once it's in the apple store it will just have instructions to go to the apple store the amazing thing about the owl app is that there are a bunch of experts that are on the owl app and you can actually phone us you know you sign up i've got a code that's on my page you get ten dollars that amount might even change increase over time Uh, But you can sign up, and if I have office hours, if I'm on available, you can actually speak to me. And so, you know, it's a great way for me to really have that connection with my audience. Um, You know, you can ask questions, you can, um, you know, uh, have a brief coaching session. You know, there's lots of ways that you can utilize the time available, but that really is the best way. So, like, if you know, you see that it's during office hours, give me a ring on the OWL app and I'll be able to chat directly with you. Um, You can also email me, that is also on the contact page. You know, my website has a bunch of information about what I do. Um, I am on social medias, but you know, my clients and me as well, you know, social media, even though we, it's, it's a great tool, it can also be an area where you kind of get that time suck. And so, um, you know, there is some stuff that I put out on social media, the best place to get me will be a little bit later this year, I'm releasing releasing my becoming aware app. There I will have a free community, it will be off of social media. But that free community on my becoming aware app is going to be the most valuable source for you. Um, you know, that's where I'll really be present in the group. So, uh, you know, responding to posts as well as posting, providing tons of valuable information about neuroscience, psychology, as well as intuitive work, the three things that I'm most passionate about. Um, So the OWL app is the number one, if you want to reach me, becoming aware when it becomes available later this year, um, that will also be available, you know, through my website. So, you know, keep my website um, bookmarked and you can always reach me um, and know what's going on.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. I'm going to have to get that becoming aware app. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. It's been a couple years in the making. So uh, super excited for it to be, uh, to be launched. It's, you know, it, there's, there's so much information, there's courses, there's group coaching, um, you know the ability to uh, sign up for individual coaching. Everything will just be centralized there. I'm all about. I have German roots, so I'm all about efficiency. <laughs> creating a structure and then going with the flow. Uh, and that's what I, uh, the Becoming Aware app, is really going to do.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, one last thought exercise, if we may. Um, if you could, in any way, shape, or form and it doesn't have to be logical at all, could put a message out to billions of people in the world, what would the message be and how would you transmit it? That could be anything from like a quote to an idea to a um, directive, anything that you would like to share with people.
1: Yeah, so I'm currently applying to do my first TEDx talk and the topic is on hitting rock bottom and learning to trust. Um, Learning to Trust is also the working title for my second book. So the most important information that I could provide are actually being communicated through those two vehicles, Um, but it really is learning to trust. Learning to trust yourself enables you to learn to trust others. And when you learn to trust, it's an experience that will help guide you throughout your life. You are the one person who can, um, well, your body is the most important thing and you are the one person who knows you best. And so learning to trust yourself, it just seems to me like it's the most valuable exercise we can we can have as human beings. So beyond my TEDx talk, beyond my book, um, I would telepathically, <laughs> you know really light the flames of of everyone in the world really igniting their awakening journey so that they can too learn to trust themselves and experience fulfillment prosperity success
0: i love it i think if i got that message telepathically i would be i would be sold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love it well, Teresa, again, thank you so much for being here today and being so generous with your time and um, and your knowledge. I really greatly appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you so much, Britt, for having me. Thank you so much.
0: We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For Dream Share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at humandreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.